0: I saw an opportunity to create an, an Airbnb arbitrage business. So I would, I would rent out villas with my brother, and then we hired some, some local Indonesians to help us you know, do the day-to-day of the business. And when I financed that business venture, we use our cash. Hello, fellow
1: risk-takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Go to myworstinvestmentever.com and join our Facebook group to connect with our community of guests and fellow listeners. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A Stotts Academy. And I'm here with featured guest, Jack McCall. Jack, are you ready to rock? I am so ready, Andrew. Let's do this. I am very excited to learn about yourself, what you're doing, but also your story. So let me introduce you to the audience. Jack McCall, the founder of Credit Stacking, has been featured on Market Watch, Disrupt Magazine, Yahoo Finance, and many other publications and podcasts for his knowledge and in-depth understanding of the credit stacking strategy. Jack has mentored thousands of entrepreneurs and been a part of growing multiple seven-figure businesses. He's accessed multiple six figures in credit lines. He's funded multiple business startups with this money, and he's shown thousands of other entrepreneurs how to do the same thing. You can trust that the credit stacking education and mentorship is in a class of its own, taught by
0: industry experts. Jack, take a minute and fill any further tidbits about your life. Andrew, thank you so much, man. I'm American. I'm 20 years old. I grew up in Washington State, I've been traveling full time for the last two years. Been all, to almost thirty countries, and so I'm. Uh, I love to get out there, have a good time, see the world. But I also love business. I love business for you know a couple of reasons. One, I'm able to impact other people's lives, and you know specifically help me make the freedom to do whatever I want, whenever I want. Um, so I, I stay traveling. I do have a couple of e-commerce businesses. I have a mentorship where I teach entrepreneurs on how to access large amounts of 0% interest capital and specifically show them on how to invest that money so it's compounding so it's multiplying so other people can go you know enjoy an amazing dream life where they can travel do what they want stay with whoever they want and you know have that freedom so that so that's my duty I show people on how to get access to money and also how to multiply their money mm. it's interesting you know as an analyst all of my career I've analyzed
1: thousands of companies that I've either invested in or recommended people invest in And one of my number one risks that I see companies expose themselves to is that they over-leverage. They borrow too much money. And when you borrow too much money, the bank comes after you, they take control of your assets, and you're in trouble. But yet, without debt, you can't really access the opportunities that you want to access. So from my perspective as a financial analyst, I'm looking for companies that kind of you know, they're, they're using some debt, but they're not over leveraged or else they could be in trouble. But that's like from the angle of a financial analyst. I know nothing about the type of debt that you're talking about, where to get it, how to use it in the US. I know nothing about that. So tell me what's kind of different in your thinking about credit and credit stacking
0: compared to like my traditional old guy <laughs> view. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, I think debt in in business is the most powerful tool to take advantage of because it helps you accelerate so much faster and it enables you to start more ventures, invest into more things. And really that turning point for me, I've been an entrepreneur over the last 10 years since I was 18 years old. And I would always fund my businesses with my own money. You know, I started a business with five grand, 10 grand. And at that point, it was really hard to gain traction because I only had such little money. And a really big break for me was when we got a a business loan for a travel company. And that business loan helped us accelerate to take market share, which eventually led to an acquisition. See, at that point, I wasn't on business credit. I just did it alone. And so that actually led me into opening my eyes to learning about business credit. And so when you get a business credit card, that card actually does not report to your personal credit file. And so that allows you to actually utilize the debt, get the card, max the card out, and it does not affect your score whatsoever. And so you can get you can get back-to-back business cards and just keep getting more and more funding. And it's cool because these popular business cards, there's 0% interest between 9, 12, and 18 months. And so if you have like a, a you know a short-term investment that's going to make you an ROI with a one-to-two-year period, I'm the biggest believer is, you know, get a 0% interest business card, finance that deal with the business credit, and then putting your hard earned cash into longer term investments. So, so this way you're accessing more money and you're able to make more money because you have more working for you. So, uh, you
1: know, it's, it's great clarification, you know, and I think the other thing is when people hear a credit card, wait a minute, that's for me buying a TV and all that. And that is, that is using borrowing for consumption, rather than investment. And when you're talking about accessing credit, you're saying, as you've talked, just said about getting an ROI and getting some return on that investment. So it's not like you're just saying, hey, here's a way to get credit cards, to max them out and spend all that money. You're talking about the difference really between consumption versus investment to get a return.
0: Yes, precisely. So there's good debt and there's bad debt. So bad debt is when you're spending money or borrowing money and spending it on things that are depreciating or not making you money or good debt is when you're leveraging borrowed money into things that are appreciating or cash flowing. So if you can Mm -hmm. borrow money to start an e-commerce business, that's going to be making you money. That's good debt, right? If you're using debt to buy real estate, that's appreciating and also cash flowing, you know, that's good debt. So there's a big line right down the middle bad debt and good debt. And you know, I'm, I'm here to teach people about the difference and really advocate the good debt side and you know, show people how to use it as a tool. So you know, I, I think your business and what you're talking about is fascinating. And I, I
1: wanna just go through a little bit more so the audience really knows what you're talking about and also so that they can follow and, and see how they can take advantage of what you know and what you offer. You know, as a, I was born in 1965. So I guess I'm kind of an old fart nowadays compared to you know, the younger generation. And my philosophy at that, you know, being raised in that way in that time was, you don't borrow other people's money. When you're taking a risky bet, you know, you've got to use your own money, okay, maybe a family or friend or something like that. And you make something out of it before you go out and try to borrow money to do something. And, you know, I see some flaws to that, for sure. I see sometimes that I had good ideas that I didn't take them or I didn't move them aggressively enough because I didn't have the mentality to go out to get other people's money. On the other hand, I could have borrowed money from people and then crashed with my idea. And that would have felt bad. I'm just curious, like, how do you think
0: about that kind of dilemma? So I do think when you, when you have access to money, your chance of success in that business venture dramatically increases. So if you have more money to work with and you That's believe a great yourself, point. And believe in your idea, if you have those financial resources, I think your chance of succeeding is dramatically higher. And then also when you're using these 0% interest business cards, it also gives you the ability to buy yourself time. So if you can't pay it back in that introductory 12-month period, you can also always get another business card and balance transfer the debt to that second card. So you extend that 0% interest period. And at the same time, your hard-earned cash is a different investment that's also making a return. So now you have more money working for you. You're making more money, which also helps out with being successful in that venture if you need more money from your other investment. Mm. There's so much to
1: this, and I could talk I could ask you a lot of questions, but you know, I think you've explained the core of it. And for the listeners out there, you know, I think it is, you know, valuable. And I know in my own businesses that I've started, being kind of conservative and not wanting to go to the banks and until I really had something super solid or access that also you have to accept the fact that I basically grew up my business life in Thailand as, you know, as a non- citizen at the time that was just harder to access credit lines through the banks and all that but I think that you know there's a lot to learn from what you're what you're doing what's the best way for people to follow
0: you and keep in touch and access what you are doing yeah so my instagram is a really good place my handle is king of debt king of debt on instagram my website's creditstacking.com I have tons of awesome resources there but we'll, we'll, we'll kind okay. of dive into that a little bit later too Right. Great. Okay. So let's get into it. Now it's time to share your worst investment
1: ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be,
0: tell us a bit about the circumstance leading up to it, then tell us your story. Yeah. I mean, I think for you know, a lot of people that are successful in business, they all have failures, right? I tell people the people that are most successful have failed the most because those failures lead them to that success. Since I've had plenty of failures, but one to note on this podcast is I had a business. So you mentioned you moved to Thailand when you were 26. When I was 26, I moved to Bali, Indonesia. I lived there for three months and I saw an opportunity to create an Airbnb arbitrage business. So I would, I would rent out villas with my brother, and then we hired some, some local Indonesians to help us you know, do the day-to-day of the business. And when I financed that business venture, we use our cash. And so there's a couple of reasons why I really regret using our hard-earned cash instead of our business credit. And the first reason is because these people that we hired and paid with our cash didn't deliver on what they were supposed to deliver. And so something that really protects consumers with credit cards is if you have a contract that says you're going to get X, you know, for, for Z, then they have to deliver. And if they don't deliver, you can charge the transaction back and the bank will give you your money back if it's within a, a certain time frame. So if I were to put that on a credit card, I could have had my money back based on the lack of performance at the same time. I would have had these money invested on zero percent interest business credit cards, which would have allowed me to give myself more of a chance to make the money back to pay off the card while my hard-earned cash was in a different investment, also making me more money to help pay for you know this mistake that we are in. So I think when I look back on that, one, it was really challenging to do business in a third world country. And I think where, you know, where, where I come from, from the United States, we have, you know, certain levels of expectations on, on how people operate in in the work setting. And there was definitely a disconnect because, you know, that I think they could have done a better job on what they were doing and I probably could have trained them better, but the disconnect or like the culture shock was new to me on how to, you know, work with people from a country like Indonesia, where I came from in the States. So I think doing business internationally can be can be challenging. I don't think it's for everyone, but just it's gives you an extra level of challenge, right? It's it's different from what you're used to. It's all possible and there's all opportunity out there. But for me, that was a a bit of a shock. But Mm. if I were to do it all again, I would have done a lot more market research. I would have vetted more high quality talent on you know, who I was bringing on to help manage the business. And then I would have financed the deals with 0% interest business credit. It's safer because you can charge it back if they don't deliver. And then also it gives you more time because you're not paying any interest to, you know, make a return and make it successful for you.
1: Can you remember the, the moment, the conversation, or the time that you realize this was a failure and I got to get out?
0: Ah, it was like, we were getting so many bad reviews on our Airbnb ratings and you know we were trying super hard to get good reviews and we we're trying everything we could and you know that we had issues with the landlords cuz you know th- there was issues with all the houses and at that point you're in Indonesia you just gave them you know tens of thousands of dollars in cash and you know they're in control at that yep. point they have your money they have the house and if things aren't going right You know, it's, it's up to them to fix it. And we had, you know, very little power in the situation. However, if it was financed on a business credit card, like I'm mentioning, you know, we could have essentially threatened them with like, you know, you guys have to deliver or I'm going to charge this transaction back and the bank is going to give me my money back. So Mm. uh, that was a big wake up call. So now anytime I'm paying a contractor, anytime I'm paying anyone, I'm always trying to pay it with my business credit card, whether it be over PayPal or just any merchant process like PayPal is a really good way to pay people because you're contractually or you both are contractually obligated to do what's agreed upon. And so if one party fails, then it gives the other party leverage to, you know, get the money back. If yeah, if you, does, does PayPal you provide back. does PayPal provide the same type of dispute protection? They do, yeah. If if you pay some pay um via the product and services, not right. friends and family, then you're very well, well well protected.
1: The other thing I was thinking about is that oh, well, it's probably not easy to find someone in Bali that's going to be able to take payments through credit card. You know, everyone wants cash. But I thought that may have pushed you, pushed you up the quality ladder or the
0: reliability ladder to get find people that you know could have done that. Mm. Exactly. Anytime you're doing business with cash, it's you know there's a, another level of risk, in my opinion. So let's uh, let's summarize the lessons that you learned. How would you summarize that? I like to finance everything on on my business credit cards or any any way that's protected, you know, through through a PayPal account. Even if you have, you know, cash in your bank account, instead of paying cash, you can, you know, send the money via PayPal and PayPal protects that transaction. It's a major major value. And so that was really the the big takeaway for me is when you have the option to protect your payments through different processors like PayPal or you know, Visa credit cards, you, know, you always want to do that if that's possible. It makes it way safer for you. That's great. A great lesson and a great lesson
1: for everybody that I think people don't think about. If I summarize some of the things that I take away, I mean, first thing is I know the, the issue of culture you know, shock and cultural differences. And really to just come to a foreign country and try to set up a business it's hard you know that is hard and you know I've been doing it in Thailand for 30 years and so I've kind of got it down I know you know I in fact if I went to America to start a business the way I would handle Americans is nothing like the way other Americans handle Americans just because I'm so used to doing business in Thailand so the first lesson you know to everybody is don't underestimate, you know, don't be overconfident. Oh, we can do it. Come on, let's go. There are real challenges that you're going to face that, you know, not that you can't overcome it, but it's more than you may want to face. That's the first thing. I think the second thing is, you know, what you, I have a book on my bookshelf called the four hour work week. And many years ago I got that and read it and I started using Elance and later Elance became Upwork. And I've spent now in my decade on the platform close to a half a million dollars in outsourcers. But the benefit of that platform is that, okay, first it helps me to find the talent that I want. But most importantly is the protection of that payment. And I think what you're talking about is the exact same thing that you get through those transactions. And that
0: is a great reminder.
1: Anything you would add to that?
0: No, I I think you nailed it on the head. Anytime you can protect your purchase, do it for sure. And then anytime you can borrow money for free, I like to do that because anytime I can borrow money for free, that just gives me more power to invest into more things. And if it's free money, I don't think there's a reason not to take it. Yep. So based upon what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? The one action I really recommend to any person in business is to have as much access to capital as you can. The more access to capital, the stronger you are in any business negotiation or any business venture. You don't even, you don't have to have money, you just need to have access to money. And so I have found easiest access to large amounts of money is through these 0% interest business credit cards. And so for anyone listening, the, the main advice I can give you is build your credit, build the relationships with the banks because the more you can borrow, the more you can make and the higher chance of success you're going to see in any business venture. That is such golden advice, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, here
1: I am, you know, getting close to 60, 30, you know, three decades apart and that's real wisdom, you know, that I can use and that I have not, you know, done to the extent that I probably should have. So that's valuable for me. And I know for the listeners out there, that's some serious
0: value. So last question, what's your number one goal for the next 12 months? That's a great question. <laughs> so I'm going to preframe this answer. In the last year and a half, I went from zero business cards to getting approved for half a million dollars in credit. And so over the next 12 months, I want to get approved for another half a million dollars because I want a total of a million dollars of approved credit. And so I'm working at this every day, you know, strategies are consistently evolving. I'm consistently building new banking relationships and getting approved for more credit. And so my goal is to get get approved for a total of a million dollars in approved credit. And then once I have that, it gives me more power in the world to start more businesses, to make new investments. And, you know, of course, teach people these same strategies that have worked for me. That's
1: exciting. And ladies and gentlemen, you can follow this journey that he's on and you can follow it by clicking, by going to his Instagram, as he talked about before, but also in the show notes, I'll have links to everything so that you can keep in touch and follow Jack's journey. Listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. Remember to go to myworstinvestmentever.com and join our Facebook group to connect with our community of guests and fellow listeners. As we conclude, Jack, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And on behalf of Aestots Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience?
0: Build your credit. Check out this link below. It's a case study that shows you guys the same steps that I've used to get approved for a half a million dollars. Follow me on Instagram. I want to show you guys how to be more successful in business. I want to show you on how to get, how to get access to money and um, be a part of the journey with you. So thank you so much, Andrew. Yep, appreciate it. And ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap on another great
1: story to help us create, grow, and protect our well-fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying I'll see you on the upside.